Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. Ooh, putting the little uh, the little stank on it. I did. Yeah. I did. I put some emphasis on it. Yeah, you have to make sure it's, the scansion works. I watch- I'm at- I'm Adam Todd. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Oh, okay. Who are you? What were you gonna say? Go on, Andy. Andy. Yep. There, there it go. is. You want you want one? I'm uh, Travis. Boy, that was a deep Shakespeare cut. No one got Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy. Andy. Sell. Sell. Okay. Sure. Sure. As in, sell your record at Kmart and Walmart so you can make more money. Exactly. That's a good segue into last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the ghost of podcast past, <laughs> played by Billy Corrigan. No, wait, Kim Deal. Kim Deal. Yeah. How's everyone been doing since we recorded last? I don't know, man. Not Has great. Has everything changed? Yeah, a lot's changed for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I got a lot done. Did you? While we were, yeah, in between <laughs> I ate some recordings. salami. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen It's weird that we're all wearing <laughs> yeah. the same clothes. I, well, I, I dress the same wherever I go. I just haven't changed. I, oh, I haven't changed- this yeah. shirt since I bought it. Yeah, uh, I've changed four months ago. I've changed nothing. Nothing changed. Things were one right. way, and they remain the exact same this way. Show changed nothing. nothing. There it is. Except Andy's opinion of himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's still the same. Is it? It's pr- still pretty low. No. Yeah. Oh, no, Andy. Yeah. No, you take that. You take that to the bank, and you say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, this is undervalued." Really? Yeah. Yeah. You do that. And they uh, and they'll say we're a fucking bank. What no, are you doing? I, I, was just say, I, <laughs> yeah. I bank with Wells Fargo. I'll be lucky if they don't, you know, call me a name. Right. Open a home loan in your name. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I was talk- watching the movie Halloween. Of course, go on. Sure, this and ties in. I noticed that uh, in Judith Myers's bedroom at the beginning of the movie, yep. when we get that great one. Don't know why that was appropriate. Bedroom. Okay. Yeah, baby. On her vanity, she's got a heart-shaped box. Holy it's shit. It's a box that's shaped oh, like a heart. And yeah. I'm wondering, Kurt Cobain liked movies. This would go into my comparison between <laughs> him and say, John Carpenter. Kurt Cobain liked, liked movies? movies? You know what his favorite movie was? Movies. His favorite movie was... <laughs> yeah, movies. Uh, his favorite movie was Over the Edge. You ever seen Over the Edge? No. It's a great fucking film. Matt Dillon's first movie. Directed by Jonathan Kaplan, who did uh, The Accused. And Heart Like a Wheel and Project Is X. Is it the one that takes place on a river? No, I'm thinking River's Edge. You're thinking of River's Edge yeah. with Chris Penn Glover and yeah. Dennis Hopper. With Chris Penn Glover, everybody's and, favorite Sean Penn brother. And Keon, Chris Penn brother. And Keon, <laughs> Chris Penn brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, Keon Duce Reeves. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, that's what I love about I the story of, of uh, John Wick is that uh, he goes on this murder spree because someone killed his favorite uh, grunge star. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was actually about Eric Clapton originally. Oh, Over the Edge? No, Over the so Over the Edge. Because <laughs> I was going to say, it's about his kid. Over the Edge is this, movie, is this movie shot in Colorado. With, it has a great soundtrack. With oh, Cobain was shot cars. in Seattle, so they have something similar. <laughs> right? Well, they yeah. both have legal weed, so. Now. Oh, sure. You do yeah. the math. Yeah. You do the math. You do the math. Meth. Meth. You, you do, do the math, math Travis. Oh, I get it. No. Anyway, it's a great fucking movie, and you should see it. Over the Edge. It's Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. It's great because he was actually cast in the movie. The, the casting director was at a high school looking for kids, and just saw this kid who had walked out of a classroom, sure, and was going to smoke a cigarette. 
<laughs> Whenever I hear that now, like at the time, it sounds, oh, he was just at high school looking for kids. And now I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but Thank then, God I went to school for acting. I should have just gone to a high school and smoked. Yeah, that's how Matt Dillon got cast, is he was cutting glass. And, uh, he was like, cutting glass? Cutting glass? I knew, I, knew that <laughs> yeah. was, I knew it. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Uh, good movie. It's about these kids that take over their high school. What their, does that have to do with high. our topic, Kurt? It's Kurt Cobain's favorite movie. Uh, I, yeah, it's Kurt Cobain's favorite movie. He liked movies. He did. I thought his favorite movies were Home. It's also the movie. <laughs> it's also the movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, it's also the movie that has that line that uh, you might know. That's uh, I only got one rule: kid who tells on another kid is a dead kid. Oh, Nation of Ulysses, oh. I think used that. I thought song, it or? was. Uh, Did Kurt Cobain tell on someone? I thought it had that famous line: "I'm tired of all these motherfucking snakes on these motherfucking <laughs> planes." Yeah, right. Yeah, Matt Dillon said that. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes going over the motherfucking edge. I'm tired of this motherfucking <laughs> El Duce getting hit by this motherfucking train. That's it. There it is. Hey, let's talk about the Rome incident. Anyway, heart, there's a heart-shaped box in the movie Halloween. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. And Kurt I'm liked done. movies. I'm done. And Kurt liked movies, and he wrote a song about a movie called About a Girl, which is about a girl who watched a movie that had a box in it. And then he wrote Wattage in the Cottage. He sure did. Got static in the attic wouldn't happen for a few more years. <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah, you are. Okay. Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Rome. What happened in Rome? Hey, nothing. Really. <laughs> When we left off last time, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. God, it was so long ago. So long ago. Can't remember. We, Kurt and the band, Kurt and the boys, were headed to, headed to Europe. Yeah, because he was a big Italian neorealism fan. Right. Mm-hmm. He wanted to watch Umberto D. Right. And they had a tour planned. Oh, I oh, thought he wanted yeah. to start a, a scooter gang. Scooter gang, scooter gang, scooter gang. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to fight Chuck Norris in the Coliseum. Sure did. That was Bruce Lee, <laughs> who also died at, no, he was 33. We okay, Andy? We are. Yeah. All right. Kurt Cobain killed Bruce Lee. He sure did. Is what we're getting at. So uh, they they fly out to France. That one, uh, I think it's me and you that have talked about yeah. this performance of them in the suits. Unbelievable! It's such a great performance. Right. And this happened. That happened right at the beginning of this tour. It was like French TV, right? Right. Yeah. And they found out they were supposed to play some variety show. Welcome to oh, France. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome yeah. to French TV. This. We do music. We do all comedies. You name it. We do it. It's French TV. <laughs> and now, Nirvana. Everybody, <laughs> snails. <laughs> right? Totally. Right. And they. <laughs> this is that performance where they're all wearing matching suits. I can't do a French accent, but can I hear you do a French Absolutely. accent? Absolutely. Whatever hear... you want, Andy. Can you I... tell me. Andy, that is how we will do your name. We both like, oh, it's Andy Sell. Let's call out to him. Andy, oh, it's so great. How Did you, you say you fuck great? I fuck grapes. <laughs> that is how you make wine. <laughs> you imbecile. <laughs> That's how they invented wine. Yeah, we fucked a grape, Much and like they were like, mm. invented the riot girl scene. Yes. So this is where that. If you if you ever see a video of Nirvana playing a very very good version of Rape Me, all wearing matching suits, they weren't playing Grape Me. <laughs> they were talking about how wine's made in France. No, that was the name of the strain. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. And they did that because they wanted to they wanted to do make a joke of some sort, and that was their idea. That was supposed for, to be a joke. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good showmanship. Yeah, Joke's on looked, you. Yeah. It looked really great. It looked like a very professional. <laughs> and the punchline is, guess what happens when you act professionally? <laughs> yeah, performance was really good. Do something great. And they the, looked great. The, Kurt was a lot of fun on stage. The three suit thing is what's on the, the, the box, right? 
Yeah, yeah, right? the, yeah. With, with the lights out. Yeah, yeah. but that's a uh, that's a Rolling Stone cover. Oh, okay. They so they it. just kept using the suits like Joaquin Phoenix when he was pretending he was crazy. I think the Rolling Stone cover might have been first. Okay, I don't remember, but yeah, there is that really famous Rolling Stone cover with them wearing the suits. And is that the joke? They're like, look, it's like we're on a corporate magazine because we're doing TV. I think so, probably something like that. And so that was how the tour starts out. So Kurt's already unhappy. And by all accounts, at least in Heavier Than Heaven, Kurt was burned out and massively unhappy before the tour even began. And it just got worse from there. Because doing a month of heroin and nothing else right. really takes a lot out of a guy. Also, yeah, well, it doesn't also, make you want to get up and go. Let's think no. about this again. I just I feel like at points it should be remind people should be reminded of all of the things that were going on here was that he was in a, an abusive a mutually abusive toxic codependent relationship with a kid right he just bought a whoa, 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 what was whoa, wrong whoa, whoa. with him and his kid no 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 I'm saying <laughs> he was in a relationship with a kid yeah he's Tom Brady um, <laughs> Jesus sorry. No one should shame Tom Brady for that. They should shame him for being a piece of shit. Uh, what did Tom Brady, Brady fuck no, a the, kid? No, the thing he kisses his son in the mouth and everybody. Oh sure, yeah. You know, well, he doesn't have to use all that tongue. That's yeah, a, that's the weird part. Anyway, go on. Golly, he had just it's bought the a fondling home. that disturbs me. He just kissing. bought a home in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. You know, he lives in, he lives in Seattle. He's yeah, from and there, in '93 but... the market was in free fall. That's just a bad. Right? Is that what you mean? I just mean all oh. the depressing weather. Oh, I'm not thinking the depressing. Yeah. Market. Uh, well, that too. The, his neighbor can't get his name right. <laughs> Starbucks CEO Star- Howard Schultz. <laughs> he's, he's like, all, he's he's sick of hearing his own voice. Probably, you know, like in the again the unplugged thing to me. Like this, the covers are the best ones because it's the only songs that sound like he's having a good time, right? Or that he's like feeling what he's singing and playing. And then he's on heroin. There's his, that. His pinched nerve is acting up again. People are giving him jalapenos. God, fucking. His... <laughs> Come on, get it together. Atlanta. Unrequested jalapenos is a tough thing. Like this and is... unrequited. Yeah, unrequited jalapenos. jalapenos. You send a jalapeno to a girl, you want one back. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> is there a jalapeno emoji? Sure. There should be. Yeah. Can we make it the counterpart to the peach emoji now? The jalapeno? I'm tired of this eggplant. Let's get tired the jalapeno the involved. Yeah. Okay. That's a more modest emoji. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody, send a pepper emoji check to somebody. Out my, <laughs> check out my jalapeno. My jalapeno. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's in the fucking word. Woo, woo, woo. Uh. Copy that. Okay, so all of this shit is going on, so he's not having a good time. Like, what do you think a European vacation is going to fix all this? Oh, European vacation is great. It's so good funny. Movie. Yeah. Oh, when they knock over Stonehenge? I love yeah. it. Here's the other thing, too, about uh, our, our buddy, uh, Kurt Cabin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he seemingly hated every tour. Every time we right. check in with him, it's like, oh, this sucks. We're not famous enough. Then you're super famous. He's like, oh, it sucks. I'm super famous and I got to go tour. Like, it's almost as if he had mental health issues yeah, of some sort. May, it's almost like that. Could be. Mm. Or just all the drugs. Or a combination of both. Or... Maybe dude just needed to cheer up, man. Smile yeah. a little more, man. Do some yoga. Ju- yeah. <laughs> Has he been sleeping? Hey, man, did you embrace luxury? That's what you're supposed <laughs> to be doing. That was uh, Courtney's main criticism of Kurt, that if, he'd, uh, if he had embraced luxury, we'd still have him. Yeah. Oh. Which maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe if he liked uh, precious metals more than lead, he'd still be here. Oh, golly. I drive a Corvette. Now. I like that. <laughs> 
I get it's it. a new one, not a vintage one. I'm about to make it a Gorvet. <laughs> what? Because I'm going to shoot oh, myself. Oh, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, this is a. It's not really a midlife crisis because I didn't make it to midlife. <laughs> I mean, technically, he already had his midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah his parents at divorcing 12, yeah. was his <laughs> midlife crisis. So uh, he wanted to cancel the rest of the tour almost immediately, but they couldn't because they had signed contracts. He, they were already on the hook for having canceled previous shows. And unless there was some sort of illness or them coming up off of a lot of money, they couldn't cancel. And also, he and Courtney weren't together at this time. Because she was finishing up work on the next whole album. Apparently, Live through this? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And I think we just glossed over it on the last episode, but, or is it, uh, no, it happens on this one. Never mind. But, uh, never mind. That's the one that changed everything. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the, the album one that, that yeah. changed, changed everything and, uh, made people think the, the phrase never mind is just all one word, probably. It's for, not, guys. It's what? It's not. It's not. It's two. It's two words. Are you sure? It's two words. Just like, uh, a while. Yeah. Two words. Although I still use a while as one word because yeah. you can actually do it you either can do way. That now. Yeah. But never mind as one word. It's just an album title. It's not. Huh. But it, I mean, it it changed everything because it changed uh, you know how we write that word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. This was a dumb tangent. Yeah. Never mind grammar. <laughs> just do what you do your own thing. What was the original name of that album? Like go fuck a sheep or something? Or what was um, it? Was that the one that was going to be called Sheep? Yeah, but it was something like really crazy. Like hey, you should go outside and kick a dog in the balls, sheep. Or something. That's uh, a Fiona Apple record. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he and Courtney talked on the phone regularly, but again, constantly fighting about this, uh, about him touring mm. and wanting, not wanting to do Lollapalooza on February 20th. So a- you, but I'm sorry, they were also fighting over his drug use. Right. What were, how did that go? Was she like, you're not using enough or? That you would think. <laughs> because a lot of. Like a lot of people were worried about his drug use to the point that Courtney was like keeping drug dealers from coming to the house. So he would call drug dealers and have them like stash heroin in the bushes. I thought this was the period of time where he was off the the stuff. See, we'll get to that okay. in the okay. episode about was, his ostensibly she death. was trying to help him. She was because, trying to not let him do drugs. Right. Okay. And that's one of Courtney was trying to help him. Yeah. She yeah, was trying I mean, to keep him off drugs, but at the same time, she was doing a bunch of drugs herself. They talk about <laughs> a, a bunch of instances where Dylan Carlson would get a call from Kurt Cobain wanting drugs, and then Courtney Love would call on the other line wanting drugs, and they would both tell him to not tell the other person that they were buying drugs. So healthy relationship. Very, very healthy, built on a open, strong foundation of lies yeah. and secrets, like any good relationship. In the, uh, in the sitcom. Of Kurt and Courtney. <laughs> Courtney's just doing all the heroin so Kurt can't do it. So she's just yeah, doing no, the, double the amount. The you know? dealer takes them both to the prom and uh, <laughs> has to go to the bathroom a bunch of times. And Courtney takes her glasses off and she was a killer the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? So by, by uh, some accounts, by the 25th of February, the second of two nights in Milan. Uh-oh. Something changed in Kurt. Everything changed. What? Things were one way? They, and then they were different. And then Inside they were, of him. Yeah. Uh, this is a change you can't see. It's, it's, yeah. Right. I, I relate to this change a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they said he went from being depressed to just seeming defeated. And That's what's, the fucking worst. 
what's interesting about this is when we get into the episodes about his death, you'll hear people say the exact opposite of him oh, really? around this time. Hmm. There are a lot of people who are like, no, he was really happy on that European tour. Really? And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But Perception. for now, we're sticking with the official narrative. Yeah. A fish. A fish. Short for official, saves me Got time it. when I talk. Good. Uh, yeah. I will uh, say the difference between depressed and defeated is just that glimmer of hope. And once that goes away, fuck. Yeah. 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 That's a, it's a bad sign. And he asked Chris Novoselic if they could cancel the tour. And he said, it's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he got real mad. This is a quote. He gave me some bullshit, absurd reason for why he wanted to blow it off. There was something going on with him in his personal life that was really troubling him. There was some kind of situation. On March 1st, the band arrived in Munich, where they played a cavernous airport terminal with terrible acoustics that had for some reason been converted to a rock music venue. Right. Kurt slipped away to buy heroin at one point and returned even more unhappy than before. Oh, shit. Well, and heroin's not helping. Somewhere yeah, in between exactly. here, he had his 27th birthday, right? He turned yes, 27. On February 20th, which was a travel day. Right. Kurt turned 27. And if you know your Nirvana lore or just your rock music lore. That's the age. Yeah. We are we are hitting a point in this podcast. I mean, Kurt Cobain, Shannon Hoon. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, two people who just never made it past 27. That's it. That's it's the only two. Only two. Yeah, two. Yeah. It's a small club. Yep. I wrote a, like parody article for a website a long time ago about jazz musicians dying at 72 (laughs) and i was like why are all these jazz musicians dying at 72 and there were so many people who were like oh it's because they're old yeah "Yeah, i get it that's it's about all the years they don't die right that's the (laughs) (laughs) jesus so kurt made a phone call to courtney after he comes back from buying heroin and that call ends in a fight. Hey, babe, I bought heroin. <laughs> Is that a new song? No, it's it's okay. I, there were no jalapenos. What? <laughs> no, I checked it for jalapeno. <laughs> okay. Heroin. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll ask the manager to check my vomit for blood. <laughs> no, babe. No, I'm less happy. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's fine. I'm just the way you want me. What? <laughs> Uh, well look she's i'm gonna give her to the guitarist that murdered his bandmate why don't we talked about this okay (laughs) all right i love you too bye-bye bye kisses oh she didn't kiss us (laughs) this has been kurt and courtney talking on the phone if you like that you're gonna love me and travis's two-man show kurt and courtney Opening at the Complex in L.A. this weekend. At the L.A. Comedy Connection in Burbank. Tickets are one bag of blood vomit. (laughs) It's mostly improv. We need a suggestion from the audience. What is Courtney mad about? I heard heroin. Heroin. (laughs) So he makes this call to Courtney. They get in a fight. He also called Rosemary Carroll and told her he wanted to divorce Courtney. Rosemary, remind me again. She's the uh, the George Clooney's mom. Yeah, right. No, no. the <laughs> their the, entertainment lawyer, entertainment lawyer, right? And married, married to, to the, the manager. other person right. that was number two in life. Imagine right. being in that couple. Did was he like? Oh, really? I'm number two. I'm number two. I do all the dishes, and I'm number two. <laughs> Rosemary. Carol. Rosemary's not even good with kids. <laughs> She's also the one who... She doesn't know how to speak to them on their level. She condescends to them. I get down there with them, and I talk to them on their terms. 
She has no childlike wonder. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> She's also the one, uh, I don't know if it's come up on this podcast yet, but me and Travis did an episode. It was Conspiracy the Show, right? Yes, Where we yes, talked yes, yes, about yes. Uh, the death of Kurt Cobain. Rosemary Carroll is the one who finds the sheet where Courtney Love was practicing Kurt Cobain's handwriting. Right. There was a backpack that Courtney Love left at her house, and Rosemary Carroll, after Kurt Cobain dies, is like, I'm going to take a look. And she finds this sheet of paper where Courtney Love had been practicing Kurt Cobain's handwriting, which yeah. isn't unusual at all if no. you look at the suicide note and not that clearly has something written right. in a different hand at the end also not his signature his handwriting yeah like letters not like trying to forge a check like trying to forge writing right hmm. because forging a signature would almost make sense like right like if you well yeah because you want you know when you want to get out of hole practice you need a note from kurt cobain <laughs> exactly Please excuse me. And Courtney. Kurt's not always going to write that note because he thinks that being in Hole builds character. And he's a practice guy. He, he is. took practice very he seriously. Did. If you read his journals, there's a lot about <laughs> are we tight in there. Yeah. <laughs> so that comes up in a lot of the conspiracy theories about Kurt's death is the fact that he did call Rosemary Carroll and say, I want a divorce. But also, <sighs> allegedly, uh, not long after that, he and Courtney kind of make. Up. What if Courtney called up and did her best Kurt yeah, to set up the whole story? She was also practicing yeah. his voice, not <laughs> yeah. just his handwriting. Hi, this is Kurt. I'm in Europe. <laughs> totally high on heroin. Um, <laughs> God, I sure would like to divorce uh, my wife, Courtney Love, of the great rock band Cole. <laughs> okay. I'm tired, I'm tired of her writing all my songs right. for me. Yeah. Uh, so, bye from the uh, burning pit of my stomach. XOXO, <laughs> Kurt. So after the show, he she has, was just practicing his voice for the ventriloquist act that she was planning to do with a Kurt Cobain lookalike puppet after he died. I would have so went to see that. Now who's the dummy? <laughs> Still <Yeah>. you, Kurt! <laughs> oh, it must be love, your hand's inside me. <laughs> hey, hey, you're pinching my nerve. The levers are to the right. Well, you know what? If you shoot up in your arm right now, we'll both get high. <laughs> Instead of drinking a glass of water, she throws up while he's talking. Check it for blood. So God, I love this show. I want to see the Twilight Zone episode that's that, where the dummy comes alive. Right, 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 yeah. right. So after this show... Make it happen, Jordan Peele. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he demanded that the remaining two shows... And this is the show where Buzz Osborne talks to him uh, in between their sets, and he's like, oh, Kurt wanted to go solo in life, not in music. Right. And well, he went solo into death. We shot that bird. We sure did. That's what happened there. Well, El Duce did. Right. We, asked we, him to. we gave yeah. him $10,000 yeah. and a map of our garden above <laughs> the garage. Well, and he really went unplugged this time. Like, it wasn't... He did. Yeah. In, like, the Black Mirror sense. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. Kurt Cobain's on life support. Like, can we do another Unplugged where we just... <laughs> well, they didn't really do it Unplugged the first time. <laughs> so after this show, he demands that the remaining two shows before the scheduled break be postponed. The rest of the band, except Pat Smear, flew back to Seattle, but Kurt and Pat headed to Rome. Kurt was planning to meet up with Courtney. Well, Pat had to go on that long soul-searching 
self-reflection journey where he was like, am I Mexican or am right. I black? Exactly. Yeah. And he had a lot, to, a lot to work know, out. So I've got to figure it out. <clears throat> am I more than just the brown one? Yeah. Right. As Van Halen Maybe calls we're me. all germs. Because <laughs> he was in a band called the he Germs. He sure was. Yeah. Uh, so Kurt and Pat. Am I fighting the foo or is the foo fighting me? <laughs> They head to Rome. Kurt's planning to meet up with Courtney. The tour was going to resume there on March 11th. Now, this is all according to Courtney Love. Oh, so total accuracy. Reliable narrator. Yeah, 100% true. What she claims is that Kurt spent the first day in Rome, like, gathering up gifts for her because they were going to have this happy reunion days after he said he wanted to I want to point out that in the notes you didn't say gifts you said props and immediately I thought of a carrot top style prop comedy (laughs) act featuring Kurt Cobain I would watch that too and I I want to see that at the ice house yeah well I mean we're one wig away from being able to do that just one of us has to be a wig and a cardigan Mm. oh look what I have here oh it's a it's a shotgun it's a shotgun wedding I'm gonna (laughs) get married to it Cram. <laughs> I'm going to get married to it. I'm going to call it Courtney. Because oh. Courtney killed me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a giant wow. inflatable heroin needle. Why, why aren't you guys laughing? This is a double barrel of laughs. Check out my YouTube page. <laughs> this is a quote from Courtney Love. He'd gone to the Vatican and stolen some candlesticks. Big ones. He also kicked off a piece of the Colosseum. Well, you know, for if you're going to take a bunch of candle, if you're going to take a bunch of big candlesticks, you're going to need a candle box. Yep. Oh, that's a good there point. There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't believe her. I don't either. Stealing from the Vatican. I couldn't get into the Vatican wearing shorts. I don't think they're <laughs> letting you steal candelabras from there or candlesticks. And this or was whatever. before they had the cool pope. So right, right. It was back when we still had that uh, John Paul. Yeah. Old JP. Old JP. JP. JP Deuces, right? JP2. JP El Duce. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what she claims. Also, he sent a bellboy out to fill a prescription for Rohit. Oh, he kicked off a piece of the Coliseum when he fought Chuck Norris. Right. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense then. Sorry. He it sent was, out a bellboy. <laughs> it was one of those scenes where he jumps down and lands like in a crouch position and everything shakes a little yeah. bit. Right. Yeah. And a piece of the Coliseum fell off and he went, hmm. And then he fought Mickey right. Rourke, Rooney. two tigers, right. and- Mickey uh, Rooney. Yeah. Mickey Rooney in his character from Breakfast at Tiffany's. And right. Dennis Rodman was there. Right. And his eyes glowed and his hair was crazy. Yeah. Right. There, wow. There are seven <laughs> references in that. There's so many. In what yeah, we just there was did. a lot going on there. So he sends this bellboy, who was Jerry Lewis- uh, right. Out to fill a prescription. And that is a tranquilizer that can aid in heroin withdrawals or raping unsuspecting Yeah, that's women. roofies, right? Yes, yeah, it's that, roofies. That right. Rahipnol. Before right. GHB became the, the thing. Remember how roofying used to be like such a joke? Like it, like you would hear it yeah. in like comedy bits, movies, yeah. like it was just a common thing. Like, oh, you want to sleep with a woman? <laughs> I got this stuff. Yeah. It's, and people it's are like, terrible. oh, funny jokes. Nope, never funny. Yeah. I got roofied once. What? Really? Yeah. How'd that go? They weren't trying to roofie me. They were trying to roofie a friend of mine. She gave me her drink that uh, somebody bought for her. Unintentional roofying. That's a flag on and, the play um, right there. It was real fucking terrible. What happened? It was real fucking ter- Well, I don't remember most of the night. Wow. I drove home, apparently, which I should not have done. Probably not. No. That sounds bad. Uh, my The people I was staying with, because I wasn't living in my place, I was staying with some friends before I moved out of town, say that I walked in and collapsed. I woke up 
or regained consciousness. I guess at one point I was awake, but I regained consciousness on the couch with them standing over me, being like, are you okay? Uh, I barely Yikes. remember the rest of the night, and the entire next day, I felt like I was going to fucking die. So where does one even get Rohypnol? I don't even understand where you get these know. things from. Like, how would you send a bellboy out to get this? Why is this in a drink that you have? Like, this no. seems to be readily accessible if this is happening at Well, all. you can buy any drugs illegally, pretty sure. much. I mean, you, I'm sure you just have to have a connect, a roofie connect. There's probably a code word you can search on Craigslist. Like I'm looking for meth. a good roofer. <laughs> well, if there's one thing I know about the criminal underworld, uh, <laughs> lots of people with really high morals, so they're not going to... Uh... I just feel like having a bellboy go get your roofies is weird, right? Am I, is it, but for yeah, him, but it's Europe. <laughs> right, they have, they have nudity on TV. Bellboys go get roofies. It's and no he big was, deal. He was just taking it for the heroin withdrawals. Like, his doctor prescribed it. Oh, so this oh, so he had a pre- I missed the prescription part. Yeah, You're right. so this kid just went out to the local. Uh, I go get you on the roof. Yeah, be on the bank. The walk wins. <laughs> oh no, they're not in France anymore. No, the wild greens. We're in Italiano. I go out. I get you the roof. I get you a pizza. We come back. We have a nice party. You go to the Wallagree. Uh, sprinkle a little bit of roofie on the pasta. You will love it. You love Pick it. Pick me up a mozzarella. <laughs> Put a cup of cool in the roofie. They're great. <laughs> A little antipasta, a little roof. You wake up tomorrow, you don't remember nothing. <laughs> when in Rome. When in Rome, don't remember you were in Rome. <laughs> Especially you, kids. Because the Vatican is there. That's right. All these sex. I go to the Vatican. Oh, that's they have, why yeah. they had all the roofies. The holy right. water. The holy water is all laced with the roof. Everybody come in here and they do a little praying. Nobody remember nothing. So Jesus I'm a character. Christ. I don't even know. I don't. I, I I can't really pinpoint what I'm supposed to be upset about in what just Daddy, happened. Daddy, you didn't think of doing it as a character. But I am definitely upset. <laughs> I'm a father Guido da Rufi. <laughs> I'm a father Guido Alduce. It's my favorite oh. SNL character. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Find a Darufi in the pizza. I like Toons as the shooting cat. <laughs> One that would just drive around and off rock stars. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he was a CIA. That accidentally shoot himself. <laughs> yeah, he was a CIA agent. <laughs> oh. So Courtney arrives in Rome. The family, their nannies, and Pat Smear all have a reunion, and they order champagne to celebrate. I'm so confused by the Pat Smear thing. Well, a lot of if you read these uh, all the different accounts of the Nirvana story around this time, Pat Smear was the only person in the band he got along with. Oh, if you listen to uh, what's the acoustic song on the the box set, Do Re Mi. Mm-hmm. If you listen to that, someone at the end says like, "Oh, that's that's really great," and I think it's Pat Smear. Interesting. I think he was playing that song for Pat Smear. Cool. And so after everyone left, Kurt and Courtney make out for a bit, and then she passes out also because she's taking roofies. Oh, good. And she wakes up at six a.m. and finds Kurt on the floor, pale and with blood coming out of one nostril. Oh, just one? So at this point, she has to be wondering if something's wrong Mm. or if he's just asleep with one nostril bleeding like he probably did regularly. Okay, so the woman who is telling people to check his vomit for blood is concerned about blood coming out of one nostril. Right. Mm, Priorities, you know? Because he was passed out on the floor, fully dressed with $1,000 cash in his hand. Oh, that part. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there was all that. And he had a note in his left hand 
uh, a couple months earlier, a doctor that she wrote. <laughs> Do we know what the note said? Is there any? Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, but we have to set it up first. Oh, because I got you. A couple months earlier, a doctor in L.A. had told Kurt he would have to choose between his addiction and staying alive. The song? And the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's yes. allowed to choose any other BG song he wants. Right. Just not that one. Got it. Yeah. If he had just listened to How Deep Is Your Love, <laughs> Kurt Cobain would still be yeah. alive. Yeah. Or every Christian Lionhearted man back when they were still a rock band. Right. That's rock band is pushing right. it, but they were a band. So in the note in his hand was this line. Dr. Baker says that, like Hamlet, I have to choose between life and death. I'm choosing death. I don't think he got the metaphor of Hamlet well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he wrote that. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think he wrote that. Yeah, it's possible. Like Hamlet? That doesn't sound... Well, according to the, the story of him talking to this doctor, that was what Kurt said after the doctor was like, you have to choose between your addiction or death. And he said, like Hamlet? Can I tell you a fun fact about Hamlet? It is the equivalent of Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Oh, is Hamlet it? was the name of Shakespeare's son that died. So he wrote this whole play about it. That's why the Goodnight Sweet Prince thing at the end is actually a eulogy to his dead son. Mm. So Hamlet is the Tears in Heaven of Shakespeare. Fun fact, everybody. I'd, I'd still rather listen to Hamlet come on the radio than Tears in Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be. That, that is, is the question. question. <laughs> uh, oh, so what's Shakespeare's Layla? Uh, would probably be some of the sonnets, because they're usually about okay. a woman that he was in love with that somebody else loved. That's true. Sonnets! <laughs> <laughs> what's Shakespeare's cocaine? I don't like to read! <laughs> uh, Shakespeare's cocaine. Uh, I don't have a funny or, or actual answer for no, that. No, this is a fun yeah. game to play, though. Okay. I was seeing Clapton in concert, and... Me and the friend I was with. Did he say anything racist? He didn't say anything racist, but this like dad who was there with his daughter was like, you know, Clapton doesn't do cocaine anymore. And my friend was like, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty great. So uh, they find this note. He also. Why did he say that to you? That he doesn't do cocaine? Yeah. Because we were talking about what song? Apropos of nothing. The song. We were talking about. I know the song cocaine. I'm just saying like. I think we were talking about what songs he was going to play, and I was talking about how angry I'd be if he played the acoustic version of, of Layla. Layla. Yeah. Like, that would have made me so mad, because fuck that. Yeah. Not there. I'm there to see Clapton mostly just play Layla, and so I can get the fuck out of there. <laughs> but that Ocean Boulevard album was all right. Um, so he also talks in this note about being sick of touring and how his wife didn't love him anymore. He had taken 60 rohypnol pills. Wow. Enough that he was legally dead upon arriving at the hospital and still in a coma after his stomach was pumped. This comes up in the conspiracy theories, too, because the way he took it, it wasn't – he didn't just take a handful of pills and wash them down with champagne. They were dissolved in the champagne he drank. Interesting. So there are some people who are like – what you know? What what? Maybe they, he just thought they were an emergency packet. Yeah, <laughs> he's got sniffles and he's trying to. <laughs> but that's so many pills, and each pill is individually like they're in blister packs, right? Like Sudafed. Yeah. So help me. So out. you have to take sixty fucking pills out. I don't know anything about anything, and I'm that's wondering. Great. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Right. That checks out. And I'm wondering. I'm not familiar with the idea of dissolving pills in uh in a beverage. 
Is that something that someone does to themselves, or is that? Uh... I guess you could. I mean, there's nothing that prevents a person from doing that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, historically and culturally, I've never been aware of anyone doing that to anyone else as well, like a thing. So. I, I will, right, never. I will. Yeah. I will play uh, the other side of it being a conspiracy. If you know that if you try and take a bunch of pills, that you could throw them up, and then that would stop your overdose. If mm-hmm. you dissolved a bunch of them and drank it. I think maybe the thought is that it would go into your system quicker than if you just put the pills in there and then threw them up. Yeah, that could what, be. Yeah, maybe he wanted to write his note while it was happening. Yeah, and then got up and put his coat on and grabbed a thousand dollars in cash. See, I feel like if maybe it was an accident, maybe Courtney Love was trying to keep him from going out to buy drugs. But sixty pills is a lot. That's That'd a be, lot. She's like, okay, honey, you can go out and buy drugs. Just have one sip of champagne. Yeah. Just, just one. Just let's have one little toast together. Just see, see if this entire bottle of champagne does the trick first. And he goes, I don't. I feel a little funk. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope he was like, nah. You hope he was. I just like if he was holding like if he didn't realize he had a like if he was at a dinner table, you know, and there was like a uh, the. I, I'm not fancy. I don't know what those are called that goes on a, di- <laughs> a dinner table. Forks? Uh, cloth? Cloth. Yeah, tablecloth. Uh, that is fancy. Yeah. Like it tucked into his like belt or something, <laughs> and like when he stands up and falls over, just the whole tablecloth comes with him and like knocks all the drinks and Yeah, right. But then off. he goes, and the flowers are still standing. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's good. You nailed it. Yeah. So later the, that same day, Old fake news CNN reported Kurt Cobain was dead. CNN was around then? Cable News Network? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been around for a long time. Uh, a long, went... long time. Fox News was around then, too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've both been what around. What did Fox News say? <laughs> what did they report? <laughs> Build that wall. <laughs> There's illegals bringing heroin into this country, killing Kurt Cobain They in, were reporting in Rome. on Kurt Cobain's death, but they were saying that there was violence on both sides. Sure. Okay. Right, right. And... Uh, here's the thing. No, he wasn't dead. What? Some woman pretending to be Courtney Love called Geffen Records. I remember and this. And said he was dead. Yeah, some woman this. who was Courtney Love pretending yeah. to be Courtney Love <laughs> called up and said he was dead. Yeah, they said it was an impersonator. And I'm like, no, it was probably her. It was probably her, yeah. And uh, But he, he was not dead. After 20 hours in a coma, Kurt finally woke up. What are we doing today? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that piece of the Colosseum? What's that? What? I've got some candlesticks from the, from the. Did the Vatican do this? So he couldn't talk. So Courtney gave him a pen and a pad of paper. First thing he wrote: "Fuck you! Get these fucking tubes out of my nose." I would love it if he wrote: "9/11's an inside job." <laughs> Why he's a time traveler? <laughs> Uh, so before leaving the hospital, he called home to Seattle and arranged for a gram of heroin to be waiting for him in the bushes at his home. On March 8th, he and Courtney flew back to Seattle. In the bushes? I mean, it's so rainy there. You just feel like it would get... Uh... I mean, it can survive in your asshole or That's in true. your stomach. You can just shit it back out. It's a, it's a durable durable blend that they wrap heroin in. I like to imagine that bush is just dead it's just from all these like heroin baggies being or just strung out on heroin so they left heroin in the bush and the bush was even more unhappy yeah. than it was before and the bush was the band bush it was, <laughs> it was george herbert walker bush 
Bush he came by with a balloon yeah. of heroin band. in his ass. Yeah, Bush the, the band, band yeah. Bush did 9/11. Yeah. Yep, that's true. People don't know that. <laughs> we were talking about Gwen Stefani. Uh, oh right, divorcing Gavin Rosdale. Right. And in Fahrenheit 11.9, Michael Moore makes the case that Trump running for president is Gwen Stefani's fault because he at one point found out she was making more on The Voice than he was on The Apprentice. Oh, wow. And was like, pay me more or I'm fucking leaving. And they didn't pay him more. Well, he ain't no holler back, Prez. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. All right. Nothing? Nothing, nothing from old? Nothing from, nothing from Andy? Come on. No, I can't. I just, I like, I was, I was, I couldn't. Uh, commit to either spider webs. Oh, okay. Mm. Or just a girl. Or just a girl. How about just about a girl? And then decide. <laughs> 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 and then decided that neither really works, and I couldn't find a thing. And then it was like, oh, but don't speak. I could have, but I don't know what I would have done. And then there you just either. chose to do that. Yeah, yeah that's what so you I did. Just didn't speak. Yeah, yeah. You, that was actually a pretty, pretty meta that's bit. A super meta there. bit. You by not speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. We, it's, it's, we're the ones who didn't get it. Yeah, we didn't know what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave a message and I'll call you back. Okay. So around the time, after the Rome incident, you would- You didn't know just what I was thinking. That's the, Okay, sorry. I should have said that. <laughs> so uh, this Rome incident also comes up a lot because it, in the conspiracy theories about his death, because no one at the time called it- a suicide. Attempt. No, it was in the papers because I remember. But they, they were... called it. They said it was an accidental, accidental overdose. overdose. I yeah. remember all yeah. of that. I remember reading those papers. I remember being like, "This doesn't." I remember as a teenager being like, "That doesn't check out. Right. That doesn't sound right at all." I don't know what you're talking about. And so they get back from Rome, and P- the the Nirvana camp is like, "Hey, start prepping for Lollapalooza." Oh man! And you know, Kurt had almost just died. And was already in the midst of a tour he didn't want to do. And he comes back and they're like, fuck it, we're doing it. And they Guys, still I don't want to do Lollapalooza because I'm really tired. I, I need a Lollapasnooza. <laughs> <laughs> also, Lollapalooza 93 was not good. As much as there were a lot of good bands on it, people's it was like Lollapalooza 91, people liked. Lollapalooza 92, people liked. Lollapalooza 93, to quote uh, something, well, to paraphrase something Perry Farrell said, Eh, you don't love all your children. (laughs) Like, some of your kids aren't great. Right. So, this is a quote from promoter Mark Geiger. Nirvana had- Oh, I have his counter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. He makes a good one. He makes a good one. Uh, Nirvana had confirmed they were going to appear on the 94 Lollapalooza. Nothing was in writing at that point, but they were totally confirmed. And we were working on finishing up the contracts. Yeah, that sounds like they were not confirmed. <laughs> it sounds like they had confirmed with their management. Yeah, I have and never, management was like, we'll talk him into I, it. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never known a promoter to be disingenuous. Right. I know. That's Yeah, that's a radical idea. If this were on Judge Judy, she would say, goodbye, and just tell him to leave because there's no contract. Right. And I base a lot of my life decisions on how Judge Judy... She's a no-nonsense she judge. She is no-nonsense. Uh... Nirvana's take of the box office revenues would have been around $8 million. Good fucking Jesus. That's a lot of money. Can we retroactively go and do Lollapalooza 94? (laughs) But I wonder with the number of people they would have to travel with and, you know, to put on the show, I wonder what the bands... So that's not not, uh, what they're keeping. That's their gross. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe maybe that was what they would keep. I don't... It doesn't really specify. I mean, because... Lollapalooza... 
had would pro- would have their own crew for a lot oh, of it. Sure. So it wouldn't be that most of that wouldn't be out of Nirvana's tape. No, but they still got to have their own crew that comes with. Well, them. yeah, they're yeah. going to have their road crew, but like it's... I don't know. And Lollapalooza cuz there's still Lollapalooza, but it's just in one place now, right? It's in Chicago, isn't and it? And now there's like Lollapalooza, where it's on a cruise ship. I like that idea better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it used to wander around the country, and it was like a fucking giant alternative circus coming to town every right. year. Mm-hmm. Alt circus. Alt circus. So Kurt, uh, for one thing, didn't think that was enough money, <laughs> but also didn't want to- Fuck. <laughs> He didn't want to perform in a festival environment and just didn't want to tour in general. So I think probably the not enough money probably was the excuse he leaned on because of the other two. I don't excuses. know. Well, I, wonder, I, I wish we could talk to the man. I want to know what he had against festivals. Joining us on the phone, Kurt Cobain. Hey, is this Adam? It is. Kurt, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks. Hey, uh, 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 Kurt, this is Travis, a uh, huge fan. Oh, Cool. Uh, what's just wondering? We were reading about uh, Lollapalooza '94, and uh, records say that you were not into performing at a festival setting. I wanted to know what you had against festivals, at least during that time. Well, not enough macaroni and cheese, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks for joining us, Kurt. All right, that's been Kurt Cobain. Thank you, everybody. Let's get back to this episode. Wow, that was a that was... I fucked that up. I'm gonna. <laughs> what are you ta- Andy? Where'd you go? Yeah. Why didn't you talk to Kurt? He was just on the phone. Oh, yeah, shit, what I was happened? in the bathroom. God damn oh, it. Oh, man. Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> you came and you came without keeping or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's the demo version. <laughs> Avail- available on the Barry Manilow box set. Archives and rarities. Collection two, disc eight. Mandy. <laughs> Like Hamlet, <laughs> so too are the days of our lives. All right, what the fuck? So uh, we're almost to the end of this episode. Courtney, no, Courtney wanted him to take the money and said the band needed the career boost. Did they? I don't feel like no. they did. Well, I we're pre-unplugged, but we're post-in-utero. It's one of those things where it's like, this is what happens next. You know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, the rock star trajectory, it's like headlining a festival. I don't know. I feel like it would be a step down for them, personally. I don't think so. I think it would be a career boost in the sense of, yes. like, it's not, it's not a career boost, it's a lateral move? It's, yeah. It's, just yeah a money, it's, just it's a money like, grab. It's just, I think it's just a this is what comes next in this story. And that's the way it is. There's nothing else to do. So MTV Unplugged. Holy shit. I didn't know that it had was a- played by this time. No, no. It doesn't play until November 1st of 94. They maybe recorded it, but they hadn't released it yet. The show was aired on the cable television network MTV on December sixteenth, nineteen ninety three. It says oh, it's right released. Here. I'm thinking of. I'm yeah, looking at the, no, album. the album. I'm looking at the released. album. Yeah, oh I yeah, see. no, the album. Sorry, the album was a posthumous thing. It yeah. came out because remember they put out that kind of shitty live album too. Muddy Banks yeah. of the Whisky yeah. Yeah. yeah, not a good live yeah. album at all. But it does have Spank Through on it. That's cool. But uh, yeah, so Unplugged had aired by then. I don't feel like the band needed no Unplugged fucking a. Boost, yeah. Unplugged made them, in my opinion, huger because it was like it's not just the gimmick of sadness and distortion. Like you can, there's more to it than that, right? You know, yeah. But it's it's also like I mean, it's not the way sadness and distortion is what I'm calling my bio. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the way it is now, 
as far as like the quote unquote short cultural attention span. But back then, it was already a thing people were talking about. Is like to stay relevant, you have to do a thing. I guess so. And if you're not, you know, if you're not releasing a new record, even if you are going to release a new record upcoming that you're going to tour behind, first you got to do something else so that people buy that record. Like I feel like this is just a lot of like, yeah, everyone not involved in the actual band is all. This is what you. This is the next step. This is a career boost, and it's not really a career boost, but it's just like this is a thing you have to do. I mean, for eight million bucks, I, I'd go do it. I, you know, if nothing else, you go. Now I don't have to put out a record until I want to. I have eight Exa- million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it. Uh, so that that's kind of the defining. Uh, but for someone who seemed to hate all of the elements of that, right? You know, not a great call. Right. Like, uh, it seems like whatever, however his death happened, something around the pressure to tour constantly probably played a little bit into it. Either he killed himself over it or someone killed him for not caving to that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if him not doing Lollapalooza was like final straw. It's like, you know what? If you're not going to take that $8 million payday, I don't fucking need you. I remember when my dad- I remember when my dad wouldn't do Lollapalooza. And you killed him. And my mom. <laughs> I remember that, too. Your dad never did Lollapalooza? Are we saying Francis killed yeah. Kirk Cobain? <laughs> <laughs> daddy, yeah. daddy, use heroin. Yeah, this Lollapalooza thing Yeah, does... there's still some vintage Lollapalooza t-shirts from 93 that say Wayne on them. Wayne? That's my dad's name. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I have one of those. I don't think it says Wayne. I'm kidding. I like the tribute band Fountains of Wayne. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah they do your they, dad's catalog they do that song, a lot of Andy's justice. Mom. <laughs> Very good. We did good. That was worth it. Sorry I interrupted you again, Adam. <laughs> so this is the defining conflict in his life right now, is not wanting to tour, which would make him a lot of money. People want the money, blah, blah, blah. These are we'll, – we'll close on a couple quotes from his friend's Uh, This one is from Dylan Carlson. He was being threatened with being sued for the shows he didn't do in Europe, and I think he felt like he was going to be financially ruined. And then this next quote is Rosemary Carroll. Everyone around him basically told him that he had to in his personal life and in his professional life. He was withdrawing not from drugs, but from dealing with people. It was such a difficult time that I think people exaggerated and blamed his drug use when they weren't getting what they wanted out of him. Yeah. That's a really interesting quote. Yeah, right? because that's gaslighting. Right. Like, that's, and there's no doubt that that was happening to, right. some, to at least some degree. Like, it's if you like weren't a, on drugs, you would want a tour. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. No, probably not. Man, that's the gaslight anthem right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. That 93 sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, oh, fuck, man. Yeah, that's rough. That's, that's, Crazy because, like, you know, whether you believe the murder conspiracy theory or, you know, the, or you're a denier, the apparent <laughs> right truth of suicide, which is, you know, either way, a holocurt like, denier. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I mean, he was a hollow Kurt. That's what I that said. Shotgun. Yeah. What'd you think I said? I thought you were talking about that for sure he's going to be in Coachella as a hollow Kurt. <laughs> They're going to project him on stage no. <laughs> performing oh. the songs. Uh, okay, go on. But I mean, whatever happened, like, there's no arguing that, like, you know, he was troubled. And, oh, very much. And, yeah. th- and there were a lot of reasons for that. And there was a lot of shit going on that was rough for this guy. I mean, basically, like, you know, the dude who just like a year earlier, right, got into that or two years earlier, got into that altercation with Axl Rose. Right. Who, Dave like, Grohl. 
<laughs> who who, who got he, into an altercation with with Axl Rose? Uh, Kurt, Kurt, backstage. backstage just a, oh, 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 oh! But Dave Grohl egged him on for that one. The high right. Axl, high yeah. Axl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But and this is now he's basically becoming Axl Rose. Like the the trajectory of his career is moving in that direction, right into the jungle. This, <laughs> <laughs> but of being this like guy that you know plays for right, you know. Thousands and thousands of people in an outdoor festival setting for the money, right? And just like becoming a factory. But he's already doing that. Like you look at the Reading Festival or whatever the thing was that he's trying to rip the the thing off. He's already playing festival. But Reading yeah, is but a he, one one day. That's thing. true. Yeah. Whereas and, this was like a traveling mm-hmm. circus, like you said, right? And he didn't like that. So like doing that's true. More he did to, spit at the camera and show that his dick to them. So. Like right. doing that. All the time. I mean, it's got to feel like a wall coming at you. Yeah. And if you feel like there's no way to turn out of that. And fuck, he's 27, He's man. 27 Just with all of this. turned 27. And I, I don't want to make excuses for, like, some of his shittier behavior, obviously. But also, like, people blaming the substance abuse right. for his erratic behavior is, in, is, is unconscionable. Because if we know a thing about substance abuse and addiction, it's only going to feed that further. Right. And it's... I, I, it's it's a bummer. <laughs> it is. Trigger warning. Yeah. This story gets sad. No, this isn't the end. Also, trigger warning. Triggers. triggers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kurt Cobain could have used a few trigger oh, warnings if you don't. One, um, really? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. one trigger. Or at least a trigger Two lock. Barrels, he could use, yeah, trigger, trigger yeah. lock would have yeah. been good yeah. for him, yeah. not a warning. Uh, I think Rose- Two barrels, one- What did you say? Two barrels, one trigger. Okay. <laughs> Was it a double barrel? It wasn't, right? It was that, a you know, it's a double barrel. There's no it? other type of shotgun. There are definitely other types of shotgun. Nah, double barrel, that's it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> was it a side by side or an over or an over under? You know what, man? All I know is is that it killed grunge. <laughs> yeah. The shotgun that yeah. killed grunge. Yeah. Interview next week, the shotgun that killed grunge. Uh, what I was thinking was we were just gonna go hunting. <laughs> That's a preview. That's a previous little clip. What's interesting, like that Rosemary Carroll quote is really interesting, and she's just an interesting figure in general, because a lot of times when people shoot down the, the theory that he was maybe murdered, one of the objections you'll get is, well, the people close to him didn't think so. Bullshit. The woman he wanted to leave his kid with thinks he was murdered. Yeah. And that's what a lot of... The conspiracy theory is built on, and it's not speculation over whether she said these things. Tom Grant recorded every conversation he had with all of these people. So he has Rosemary Carroll on tape being like, something's not right. She didn't have any reason to be in L.A. when Kurt escaped that fucking rehab facility. Oh, right. Like, she didn't have business down. Because that was her excuse was, oh, I was in L.A. on, like, business. And Rosemary Carroll... Her entertainment lawyer was like, no, she wasn't. She had nothing to do down there at the I time. I think also that's who Kim Gordon was playing in the in the Oh really? In the Gus Van Sant movie. Oh, God damn it. Carol? There's some some analog. I keep wanting to that. say Rosemary Clooney because of what you said earlier. And then when you say what's Tom, what's his name? Tom Grant? Tom Grant. I keep hearing Tom Green. Like I'm just putting everything <laughs> together in a mishmash of other people. My bum is on the curt. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he when he sucked from Kurt's teat? And they they filmed that on the Tom Green show. I just want to hear that novelty record of Rosemary Clooney with Tom Green doing <laughs> doing Nirvana songs. Yeah. Doing... <laughs> I would check that out. Uh, yeah, I'd see that live even. 
yeah, I mean that's that's pretty damning. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And we'll 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 obviously talk about it more. I think we'll get two more episodes in. Feels still feel, feel feels like a double barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz we got to talk about the last days of Kurt Cobain, which still kind of a mystery. Like what exactly he was doing in between when he goes missing and when they find him dead, uh, which was probably just being dead in the greenhouse the whole time. Yeah, he was there for a while before they found it. A week or something? The the speculation, yeah, because they never did an autopsy. They never checked. Like, they were never like, oh, how long was this guy dead when we found him? Nobody checked because they were like, oh, it's a suicide. Like, to this day, the the Seattle PD, the chief of police at the time, if you read interviews with him now, is like, yeah, I'd reopen that. If I was still... Is that the same guy that was chief of police during the 1999 WTO protests? I think so. So I think that's the guy that was... He didn't write Rise of the Warrior Cop, but he was... I think he was quoted or something, but he's he's like... That dude is kind of cool, because he's oh, yeah. like gone back on a lot of shit he did and was is right. like, I, did, I handled this wrong, I handled this wrong, I handled this wrong. I don't know if it's the same guy, but... At the time in Seattle... And we're getting ahead of ourselves. But when they found, like, the the responding officer, like, just a beat cop, was -hmm. the one who made the call on whether it was a suicide or not. And if that guy decided it was a suicide, they didn't even send homicide detectives out. And that's what happened with Kurt Cobain. This guy was like, yeah, he killed himself. And they just sent ambulance and medics and cremated him, like, 18 minutes later. We talked about this ages ago on the show, like, it just doesn't make sense the way the gun works. Right. How it was oh, found. yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into all of it. There is a, there is, I feel like there is more physical evidence for him being murdered than there is for him having committed mm-hmm. suicide. Like, actual physical scientific evidence. Hmm. Yeah, but he could have had a buddy do it, right? Like, not even like a, not like a cons- Suicide Buddies, great podcast by Hampton Yout <laughs> and Dave Ross. I'm actually not sure if it's great. I've never listened to it. I just know they have I've a podcast to it. it's called good. Suicide Buddies. Hampton's great. I don't yeah, know Dave I'm Ross. Still not. I, 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 they're, they're both great. Yeah, I'm not sure how you listen to podcasts. Uh, how do you I do don't it? like them. Yeah, I don't, I don't even understand. Like, do they send them to you? I don't want them in my house. Is it the radio? Do they just put it on the radio and they're on? How does it work? I don't know. I have an Android. How do I listen to a podcast? You uh you cut out the proof of purchase from a box oh, of Kraft mac and cheese. It. Oh, you send that to Sub Pop Records. They shoot you back a uh, podcast uh, uh, with jalapenos. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they good, shoot good, you. Good, good. <laughs> they shoot you. A peen cast. Peen cast. Peen cast. High five each other. That was great. That was a good one. That was really. That was a movie high five. Boom, mm. boom. So we could have been Eiffel Towering a fucking jalapeno over here. Hell yeah. Huh? <laughs> Jalapeno eagle flying through the sky. You hit that right as he opened his mouth and it looked like Andy (laughs) made that noise. (laughs) Wait, do it again. That's that's, that's uncanny. That's great. It's uncanny how good you are at that. So what do we have to plug? I don't. The Hollywood Hotel show probably happened by now. It for sure happened by now. But go back in time and watch it. It was really good. Patreon.com. Actually, it was a nightmare. That building is no longer standing. Right. The Hollywood Hotel's haunted. Three of the performers have not been heard from right. since. Mm-hmm. We had some vanishings. We did. It's fine, though. It's fine. Uh, Jeff Bridges did it. What's everyone have to plug? What, and, what, Andy or Travis? Where Where are we in the in the world at this time? Like Oh, probably near end of January. End of January? Okay, so we've got three months left as a species. We do? Yeah. What happens, like that. What happens in March or April? I don't know. What's the event? I was just yes-andying. Yes-andying! Go ahead, Andy. 
Huh? Plug. Plugs. Oh, is it my turn? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's yours. Cool, Travis cool. was just plugging what time of year cool, it was. Cool, 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 cool. Money. Check out Ghoul School, a horror history podcast. <laughs> yes, check out Ghoul. Did I say horror or whore? Listen and find, find out. out. Definitely, find definitely out. horror. Um, Did you say horror or whore? Okay. Go First on. First off, I would say sex worker. <laughs> Did you say sex worker? As I do many or... times in the third episode. <laughs> Did you say sex worker or horror? Both. <laughs> Yeah, you did. Did you say sex worker or checks worker? <laughs> I'm making that money. Uh, hold on. I'll high five you in a minute. I'm wow. trying to. Uh, Thank you. I'm trying. I don't know. I'm on a show in February. Same. Uh, aren't we all? Uh, I am too. I don't know where it is. I think it's at somebody's house. Mine's a blast from the past. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a new podcast coming out on Podcast One called uh, Mama Said, and I'm the producer of it, and I'm very proud of it, and uh, you should check it out. Edit that out, Brett. Don't Enough. edit that out. Fine. Uh... I don't think I have anything to plug. Yeah, you can edit that out because I don't but, want to promote another network. No, I was yeah. joking. No, no, but we, I'm thinking about We do about that it. whenever someone else mentions another podcast. We yep. instinctively say, edit that out, Brett. But I'm thinking about it. I'm proud of the show, but uh, my company can- uh, Can go yeah. fuck themselves? I didn't say I'll that. I'll leave that in. I did not say that. I pantomimed it, but I did not say it. So yeah. now you see how it feels. I didn't say anything. I haven't talked this whole podcast. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. No, but hold up. Oh, hey, <laughs> Kurt's back. Hey, guys. Hey, Kurt, uh, we have some jalapeno poppers here for you, and um, they're I mean, sh- filled with Kraft macaroni and cheese. I'll uh-huh. eat them, but don't tell Courtney. Fair enough. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's been Kurt Cobain, everybody, direct from wherever he is in the grunge afterlife. Get these fucking tubes out of my nose. <laughs> there are no tubes in your nose. Those are jalapenos. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Andy. Bye. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.